Welcome back to Potty Train Me, episode number 23. It is the Michael Jordan episode. We have made it. This is so unbelievable. I'm so happy to still be doing this and to continue with much more. This has truly been an awesome, awesome, awesome journey and some things have come out of it that I never would have expected. Uh, Most of this episode today will center around an interview I did for my radio station in Santa Barbara, KCSB FM 91.9, where I got to interview Mia Masrov, who is a basketball player for the University of California Golden Bears. And no, my parents did not connect me with her, but they will think I'm the coolest person ever for interviewing a California Golden Bear. Uh, She was truly a pleasure to talk to, and for an 18-year-old, I thought she was totally confident, intelligent, and personable. Uh, But before we get there, I just wanted to say a few words. I know I have not been pumping out the episodes at the rate that I would quite like, but it's been a really cool summer filled with unique opportunities, but also a super busy one. I have learned a lot from so many people. I've gotten to work around And it's really been a great time to just soak it all in and be present. Uh, There's also some really cool news for Potty Train Me that I recently found out about, but I'm actually going to save it for a different episode when Robbie Silver returns because I want him to tell it because I believe that he is really the reason behind this good news. And if he's listening to this, he knows what I'm talking about. Uh... We're actually going to do shout out to before I throw in the interview. And so it's a little bit of a switching things around here today on Potty Train Me, but I was just going to keep it to one shout out today. However, uh, just a few hours ago at work, I found out the sad news of the passing of Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts, who passed away at the age of 80 today. It is also August 24th, so it is celebrated as Kobe Bryant Day. Um, Rolling Stones, one of, if not the greatest rock band of all time. I know that my parents in particular are big Stones fans, so on the episode where I get to dedicate it to them by interviewing a California Golden Bear, I would also like to recognize their love for the Rolling Stones. Very sad loss, and Charlie will be missed very much. Uh, The original shout-out I had planned for the show goes to my older sister, Natalie, another Golden Bear, actually, who appeared on my holiday special, episodes 14 and 15, for those of you who recall. Natalie is one of the smartest people I know, a quick thinker, and she really helped prep me for this interview with Mia Mastrov, and I do not want those efforts to go unnoticed, so... This is a good reminder to everybody to appreciate the people in your life who are dedicated to your mission, and don't forget to show up for them when it counts. Natalie, shout out to you. Thank you so much. You are the best, and I'll be done talking because I want to get to the Mia Masrov portion of the show. She was spectacular, one of my favorite interviewees that I've ever had. And she made this whole process easy. So here it is, Mia Mastrov. What up, what up, what up? Another edition of the Gaucho Sports Spot here on KCSB FM 91.9, the 
the place for each and every meaningful moment of UC Santa Barbara athletics. I am your host, Greg Silver, and I am so thrilled to be back, especially for this show, because while we cover mostly sports in Santa Barbara, we're going to go up north for this one, all the way to the East Bay, because we have a special guest today. She is a college basketball player for the University of California Golden Bears, attended Miramonte High School in Orinda, averaged 32 minutes per game as a freshman last season, and she's coming back this year with a vengeance. So joining me is Mia Mastrov. Thank you so much for joining the show. Super happy to be here. Let's get it started. So this is a really, really cool show for me in particular because I grew up in a very Cal-oriented house. I don't want to say Cal was everything, but it took up a pretty big slice of the pie chart in terms of uh, where our emotions and energy went. So this is really cool. Always love a good conversation with the Golden Bear. Uh, I've talked with former Cal Hooper, Eliza Pierre, before talked about following that 2013 Final Four women's basketball team and what that meant. So great to be with the present generation. Um, The first question I have to ask you is, because I understand that you have deep Cal ties in your family too, going all the way back to your grandfather. So was it a no-brainer to become a Golden Bear? I mean, honestly, I think that that's just the way the world worked out to be. I think it was just meant to be, and I was meant to be repping that golden bear jersey love it love it um so okay i don't want to start off with a very sensitive subject but i know you're friends with fellow college basketball players cameron brink and brooke dimitri so first of all how dare you form bonds with the dark-sided rival of stanford university i'm still trying to get over that um (laughs) but in all seriousness How has being part of a network of other high-level hoopers positively impacted your game? I mean, honestly, just, like, being a part, like, being able to play with all these elite players and just, like, become friends with them and just see things from their perspective is just, like, help you grow, like, tremendously, honestly. I mean, Brooke and Cam are, like, two of my best friends, probably, like, my best friends ever, and, like, being able to train with them and then we're comfortable enough to push each other on and off the court. It's just like super cool and super helpful. Well, they must be some level of significance with the friendships because if you can overcome the Cal Stanford rivalry, then I know, right. Then it's gotta be real. So anything is possible. Uh, Maybe we're going to get the ax back this year and then you can hold that over them too. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Being a sports director, I am a very jersey number oriented person. I went to the first women's soccer game of the season last night, and I was rapidly scribbling down the starting lineups with names, but also the number. And within the first 10 minutes, I was like, I need to have this starting lineup down and be able to identify it by the jersey number. So I got to ask with that, your jersey number is 21. Is there any significance there? Right. I mean... Growing up, I've had a lot of numbers. I mean, I've maybe gone through 50 different numbers along with probably several other athletes. They could say the same, like six, 23, number four, number three. But kind of once I got to high school, I picked a number and it sort of stuck with it. Um, My dad was number 21 when he played basketball along with my grandfather. And I got number 21 at Miramani and I just carried that my 
for four years, you know, my whole time there and then transferred it over to Cal, just knowing that once I had the opportunity to have number 21, I texted coach Charmin was like, look, can I claim this number? Like, I mean, I'm coming in right now in the middle of the season. Like, can this be my number? And she was like, yeah, no one, no one else has it. Like it's all yours. And my grandpa was number 21 at Cal. So that's kind of the most important thing is to be repping the same Jersey number and last name on the back exactly like he did. So, yeah. That's a very touching story. You have something in common with now LA Rams receiver Deshaun Jackson, because when he went to Cal, uh, he asked if he could have number one and USC, the other school he was considering said, well, we can't promise Jersey numbers, but we feel pretty good about it. And Cal was just like, yep, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So there he is. Uh, That's fantastic. Um, So it's been a really weird year to say the least. And now we're hopefully, but kind of transitioning out of a pandemic, still a lot is up in the air but you've had a lot of time to focus on your game during this off season. What aspects of your game have you focused on the most? Um, honestly, in the off season, I've been working a lot on like strength and conditioning and for, from that aspect, but game wise more just like trying to add like every year, every summer, I try and add like one to two new aspects to my game and just work on those. So this year I'm kind of working on floaters and also just running out and transition and, catching shooting from the offense that we play and just adjusting to everything and using the experience that I had when I went early or to my advantage and kind of just figuring out what I need to practice and get better at to be prepared for my true freshman season. Awesome. And that's right. You get that year of eligibility back because if COVID could do one thing for us, it would be that. Um, So there you go. And do you feel like, you've always been more of an offense or defense oriented player. Honestly, I want to say defense. Like, I don't know why I just have a thing for defense. And like, I've always just loved being like having that challenge, being able to guard the best player on the floor. At my high school, I was always just guarding whoever it was. Maybe the center was the one putting 30 points up a game. I would make sure my goal is to lock her down and stop her. So I I love defense because I love the challenge. That's awesome. We love a good challenge. Uh, I played in high school. Our men's team was pretty awful, but our women's team was really good. And they were getting set to go face the number one team in the state in the postseason. So the coach invited our team out to go and practice against them to sort of help prep them. And I'm thinking, is this even a good idea? I mean, (laughs) we stink. Uh, But I definitely wanted to guard our other team's best player as well, because I went from going into like, yeah, this is kind of fun. I'm playing basketball to like, wait, no, this is like a hardcore. This is intense. And yeah, right. Yeah. I'm a sick competitive human being. So oh, yeah. Same to me. I'm, I'm very much similar. Anything I do, it's always a competition. So. Uh, well, speaking of competition. So Cal as a team did struggle this last season. Uh, obviously the PAC 12 is loaded, probably the strongest all-around conference in women's college basketball. Uh, But I know you're not satisfied with how things went. So how's the team approach this offseason? And does anything in particular stand out from these past few months? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously last season was really rough. I came in in the middle of the year and just kind of was working my way around seeing like kind of what I could do. But we had several injuries and we're starting a lot of freshmen. 
but I mean, honestly, like what we've been doing in the off season for summer workouts and stuff, we've just been working our butts off. I mean, in the gym, off the court conditioning, strength and conditioning, everything we've just been putting our best efforts out there. And I think that we're going to be able to rise to our true potential this upcoming season. And I'm really excited to get out there and just play. That's awesome to hear. Do you feel like team chemistry is coming along as well? The team chemistry is like outstanding for sure. It's definitely like one of the most like amazing group of girls I've ever been around and love all of them to death. They're great people. Awesome. That's a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to be watching some games. So I look forward to seeing all the improvements. For sure. So another recent development in college athletics came on July 1st this year where NCAA athletes are now able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Uh, You in particular have built up a large social media following. So what have these past few weeks been like for you in this new era of opportunity? Man, I mean, honestly, it's been interesting for sure. I mean, I think like all athletes are trying to navigate this new world. Um, I haven't necessarily been focused so much on monetizing as I have like enjoyed just being able to like speak to a larger audience of like friends and family and fans and stuff. But like, I've had a blast building up my social media platform and I'm just looking forward for more opportunities to come, but it's definitely a new world to navigate. So I'm just adjusting to it for sure. Yeah, that's really exciting. And uh, I have no doubt there will be a lot of opportunities along the way. You talk about social media as a platform and just being able to speak to larger groups of people. I know this last year and a half in particular has been really big for people using their platforms to speak out on different causes, especially in the wake of uh, George Floyd and all of the social justice stuff going on. So being at Berkeley, which is a renowned uh, activist campus, do you feel like uh, you and your teammates have been heavily involved in that sector? Uh, I'd say for sure. I mean, my team has been crazy involved in everything. Um, just hands-on and obviously just like through social media and things like that, we all kind of just advocate our beliefs and stuff. So for sure, we've definitely been on that, which is really cool to see and awesome to see everyone come together. And do you feel like other college athletes of your generation, especially around uh, California and the Pac-12, have seemed to come together over this and unite as a group despite competing against each other all the time? I'd say for sure. Just I like remember being out there on the court and then everyone standing in a circle, like holding hands before games, which is just so unusual for sports. I don't remember really doing that since like CYO days, but I mean, I definitely feel a connection. And I think all college athletes are supporting one another have like more heavily than ever right now and building connections, which is super cool. That's great. It, it certainly does carry a different meaning. I think you go back to the youth leagues uh, when you're like holding hands before the game and right. being <laughs> someone really competitive destined for D1, like you were, you're probably like, I don't want to be friends with these people. I want to crush them right now. <laughs> right. Right. So to be able to go back to uh, uniting before games and coming together pregame, postgame, obviously must carry a larger meaning. So very cool to see. Okay, so staying on the topic of social media, what types of audiences have resonated with you on platforms like Instagram and TikTok? Right. Yeah. I have like a very diversified audience and have had a chance to like speak like 
on live chats to some of them through different like platforms and stuff but it just ranges a lot from like athletes to young women that enjoy like fashion and modeling and to like people who just love basketball honestly it's just that's kind of the main connection is just basketball players and people like that awesome and i have to say one of the worst ways i waste my time in life is going through random people's comments on social media posts as if they mean anything and unfortunately, there are a lot of haters, trolls, and weirdos on the internet who say some pretty messed up things. Uh, also, not to generalize it by gender, but I, I feel like generally speaking, it is fair to say that uh, female athletes who are well-known are more likely to get objectified and or harassed than popular male athletes. So, have, well, first of all, has it been an issue? And if so, how have you managed to handle that crowd? Right. I mean, it's honestly a new like generation. People are learning more and becoming more supportive of things. And especially like women in sports, it's just becoming like a more powerful movement. And people are starting to watch women, whether that be in the Olympics or basketball, soccer. I mean, it's just becoming more popular. But fortunately for me, I haven't had many hate comments, but there definitely are some things like you know, just basketball and like the stereotypes of like, oh, she's a girl, like da 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 da. But like, as my parents always said, you can't really focus on what other people have to say. You just kind of focus on the positive and keep moving and just hope to eventually like persuade everyone into like believing that people who play sports play sports. I mean, there's no difference in gender, I think, at all. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I think that although there is a long way to go with, uh, women in sports and celebrating that aspect of the game. I think that um, starting with the U.S. women's national soccer team, there's been a lot of great progress. And I think the WNBA is even starting to gain a little bit more traction on their 25th anniversary, which is really right. cool to see. So we hope it only continues to progress in a positive direction. But exactly, you're right. There's a good amount of haters out there. And uh, that's just how it is sometimes. Do you feel like haters on social media compare in any way to sideline hecklers or are those just two entirely different things? I mean, you could, I could definitely connect them, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're super similar. I mean, in a way, like, yeah, they're kind of just metaphorically maybe, but I wouldn't say like directly, like just the sideline hecklers, they always have something else to say you that just they'll say whatever just to make sure you're in there in your head has any sideline heckler ever brought something in from social media as material for uh verbal harassment for sure no for sure it's bizarre what people can find out and will find out i mean even just like at random games like you can see like the other people just start looking up on their phone, like the star players, like social media stuff and find out something and just start chanting anything that would get into their head. It's hilarious. It's not, it's funny <laughs> until it's on a, like not appropriate and kind of crosses the line, but it's crazy. There certainly is a boundary that people need yeah. to be mindful of. Uh, sadly, alcohol usually doesn't help people sort that out in their heads, but <laughs> I guess it's just part of the modern sports world. Um, okay. Well, that's, you know, that's interesting, I guess. Well, we haven't had fans in a long time. Hopefully right. fans can come back into Haas Pavilion, but have you ever been 
about to inbound a ball and shoot a free throw. And then somebody does bring up something where you're like, that is so random that they know that. And it kind of distracts you for a second. It does definitely. If someone says something, it catches you off guard for a second, but like, I'll just, you just lock back in right away. But it's a, it's a quick, like laugh, smile at the fan and then keep going. It's definitely, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Okay. I was, I've always wondered about that. Cause I figured if I was at the free throw line in a college game and someone said something like, would it alter my shot? I don't know. And I mean, the answer is probably yes, which is why I'm also not a D one athlete, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't even know. I hope once I get to playing in front of fans at Haas and on the road that man, that's going to be crazy. I haven't thought about that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely a new sense of gratitude to come with all that for any college athlete, really, whether that's 15 fans or 65,000. Right, exactly. Uh, Okay, well, talking about the progression of women's basketball or just basketball in general, what do you hope to see change within the sport over the next decade? I mean, it'd be great to see like more opportunity for women to continue to keep playing after college career as they wish to do so, like more WNBA teams within the league and of course a greater pay sponsorship and opportunity for women in the sport would be like fantastic, you know. Um, I also think that ambassadors to the sport having the opportunity to travel internationally could help as well. I mean, develop in other countries and that can be a lot of fun too. But yeah, no, there's a lot of change that needs to be done. And I'm pretty hopeful that we're going in the right direction. I really like what you said about uh, expanding the game internationally, especially to uh, second, third world countries where young kids might not have the opportunity to even familiarize themselves with the game and get to have that kind of outlet and explore their skills. Uh, This was coming up a lot in the wake of the men's basketball team at the Olympics losing a couple games right away. And people were talking about how in the nineties, if you look at the top 15 players, it's all Americans and Hakeem Olajuwon. And now you got Luka Doncic, probably a top five player in the league. Uh, The MVP of the last three years was uh, international and Giannis just won final MVP. Right. So a lot has changed. Uh, If it wasn't for, that seven foot guy with guard abilities named Kevin Durant probably would have lost in the semifinal at best. Man, man. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Um, does uh, now I'm not familiar as much with the rest of the PAC 12 rosters as I am the Cal roster, but are there a lot of international basketball players throughout the PAC 12? There are a lot. I mean, on my team alone, we have several and it's like super cool. Like one of my teammates is from Greece and Sweden and the Netherlands, like as well as on Stanford, I believe there's one from Greece, Australia. I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, networking with these people is super cool. And I've loved to like get to know stuff about like my teammates and from their countries. It's just super cool. Yeah. And hopefully it provides an opportunity to travel too when exactly becomes a little bit more accessible. Mm-hmm once we get our little summer trips going on over whenever that's allowed to go. And usually there's like an international trip and you play, I think, I don't know where we're going to go yet, but that'll be super exciting. And I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. I'm very excited for all athletes to be able to travel. I think just being a college student period uh, was kind of tough to watch. And my younger brother 
started at UCSB as well as a freshman. So it was nice to have him around, but just seeing that that was the way in which he had to start college felt so weird. And, uh, you know, you were also a freshman last year. And so it's, um, you know, it's, I promise it's going to get better and it's going to get more lively, but right. Right. Weird times. For sure, man. (laughs) Crazy. Is there something about your basketball career to this point that you feel like you're always going to be proud of? Ooh, I mean, I think like playing for like Cal stars and like Kelly Sopak was definitely something that I'll like remember, um, having like any opportunity to follow him and play with like Sabrina and play at Cal where my grandfather played basketball as well. Those are some really cool things that I'll definitely be proud of for sure. And like the friends I've made throughout like basketball, I mean, it's bizarre and I would not replace it for anything. That's amazing. I love it. And the best part is you got so many more memories to come. Super excited. A lot more for sure. So many people out there want to get to know you while others probably feel like they do know you through your public profile. Of course, nobody knows you better than you. So give me three words off the top of your head to define Mia Mastrov. Mm. Competitive is the first one that comes to mind. Competitive, um, I'd say gritty, and just like magnetic, I'd say. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. I like attract a lot of like people and great people into my life. So, yeah. I like that. I like that. I've never heard anybody describe themselves as magnetic, but the way you just used it, (laughs) what a great word. Mom, dad, if you're listening, am I a magnetic piece to the family? (laughs) I'm weak. No, that's great. And uh, well, competitive gritty, I mean, to be expected being a division one future star in my totally unbiased and humble opinion. So (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, I know I've asked you a million questions and we're in the final little stages of our show here, but is there any other questions or anything you'd like to say to the greater Santa Barbara area before I let you go? Santa Barbara. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, some of my friends play on the water polo team at UCSB. So just go gotcha. Shoot. I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course you're allowed to say that. There's no, there's no, there's no clash. Am I, I going to get a call from Coach? <laughs> also, I feel like everybody knows somebody who played or plays for UCSB Water Polo. Like, I don't know what the official stats are on that, but it's got to be in the 60 to 70%. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I think it's just, especially California, a lot of people. Well, California is a big water polo place so it makes sense yeah maybe i gotta move around beyond <laughs> like this little room in square mile and maybe i'll uh, see the numbers drop a little bit <laughs> uh, awesome well thank you mia so much this was just spectacular awesome thank you so much for having me yeah and for the rest of our listeners don't forget to catch us next week because we're going to continue this basketball theme There is a new hire on one of the basketball staffs who will be joining me and we're going to record that for next week to answer a lot of questions. So 
Yes, it's a couple months away, but it's going to come around the corner fast. Watch the UCSB women's team. Watch the UCSB men's team. And go watch the California Golden Bears because we might have to. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you for joining us on KCSB FM 91.9. There's nothing like it. Thank you.